Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hi there, friend, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I am so glad you're here. This episode should be so encouraging to you. I hope it's one that you can come back to when you need some life spoken over you and some truth spoken over your life. We are talking all about your identity today, your God-given identity that never changes, that never fails, that allows you to be bold and stand um, in whose you are and who God says you are. I'm sure you can already tell that my nose is stopped up, (laughs) Um, so I apologize. Thank you for bearing with me. My voice sounds kind of funny this week. I'm actually recording this just the night before the episode releases because I waited till the last minute hoping that this cold would go away, be kicked to the curb, but clearly, as you can tell, it's not yet. So thanks for bearing with me here. Now, getting into our identity, this is such a huge and important topic where, like, where do you even start? And I like to start with, like, what do we define ourselves with? And I will offer, like, a caveat right from the beginning. I don't actually think it's wrong to, like, identify ourselves with different things and find our purpose and our calling and even our identity in things. Um, There are things that are just innately part of us, and then there are things that will just be part of us for seasons. And those things, I think we have to be careful there not to get our identity wrapped in them and definitely not to get our worth wrapped in them. The really, really amazing part about finding our identity in Christ is that our worth is so secure, our value is secure, and that identity is not changing. And this is founded in like based upon the grace of God, his unconditional love. It's not going anywhere. We didn't do anything to earn it. We can't do anything to uh, make him love us less or show us less grace. So it's a really safe place to put our hope and to draw our identity from. So let's start in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus is telling the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And this word life here is also talking about his soul, but also the psyche, like the mind, emotions, and will. It's almost like identity right here. If you will give up your soul, your life, your identity for my sake, you will save it. And I think that's beautiful to think about giving up our other identities. We don't have to be defined by other things around us. Not that we don't use any kind of description of us, you know, um, I think it's natural to say I'm a mom or I'm a wife or I am a teacher or whatever it is. 
those aren't wrong as descriptors, but if we find our identity in those temporary things, um, that's where we can find challenges later because they will change. I'm not saying none of those you should find identity in. I hope you hear me right there. But anyway, would we give up our identity? Would we give that to God and let him have it? He gives it back to us and we will find it, um, which is so powerful. So one of the ways that we can lose our identity and who we are and feel like we're floundering and not sure um, what's right for us and what God wants us to do is when we feel the need to please the people around us instead of pleasing God or just being secure in who we are. I find myself sometimes waffling um, between like what will be most accepted or what will people think about this? And I wish I could say I have complete victory in this area, but I don't yet. But finding our security in who God says we are allows us not to take that waffle back and forth. Am I good enough? Am I going to fit in in this um, situation or this new space or this new group? We literally do not have to um, wonder that when we are as secure. Not that those doubts won't come in, but when we know who we are and are confident in that, we will know that the right kind of people, the people that are our people, if I can say it that way, will be attracted to us. And the people that just aren't for us, if they like, quote unquote, like kind of reject us or we feel pushed aside, that they weren't our people. They weren't attracted to us and we could show up fully, completely as ourselves unashamedly and when we unintentionally or maybe intentionally find our identity in what we accomplish this can be devastating Uh, when we maybe are unable to do the task that we uh, were once able to or if we don't get as much accomplished and we feel like well i was not as um valuable today or I'm not as good today because I didn't do as much. That can be so um, defeating when we are uh, measuring our success as a person and our worth as a person by how much we accomplish. Just break that off and look at who you are whose you are. You are not what you accomplish. And I think there's two things to this, um, two ways that you could talk about identity. You talk about whose you are, and then you could talk about what God says and about you and what he speaks over you. And these are kind of two separate categories. So the first one I feel like is a little bit deeper, like whose you are, rather than being defined by and I apologize again for this stuffy nose. I know it's coming out kind of crackly today, but I'm going to get this message out because it matters. Um, but the first one is so deep. It is whose you are. What do we find our identity in? Um, by what we do, um, where we go, um, political parties, um, our relatives, our family, like there's so many ways to identify yourself. But what's amazing is with God, it's not about 
identify yourself with him. It's that he's chosen you and you are his. It's about him saying, you are mine and you are my beloved and you are safe and you are secure. And that, I guess that goes all already to point number two about the things that he says, speaks over you. But like you are his, you are held. And when he sees you, it's like he's looking at Jesus. You are clean in his eyes. And I don't know anything else that can change and make you stand in so much power and boldness. You could show up in your life with confidence because of that. You do not have to waffle. You do not have to wonder if this thing is going to be there tomorrow because he is there. You are his. And the Jesus Storybook Bible, the creation story, it talks about as God spoke, everything he um, said came to pass. And then he declared, you are good. And he said something like, and he believed this was lovely. And it was lovely because he loved it. And then it gets to the creation of Adam and Eve. And it says, and they were lovely because they were so loved. And that's how secure and that's how lovely and amazing it is to be his. You could say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? He is beholding you and he sees beauty and you might see your flaws and your shortcomings. You might see failures or disappointments or where other people's expectations of you, or maybe um, you might just feel like you're not enough or measuring up or doing enough. And those things just literally do not matter to him. You are lovely because he loves you. That is it. That is all. If we could stand in this power, we could be so victorious. Not that everything has to be a battle to be won, but we do have a very real enemy who we are coming up against, and he likes to speak lies to us. I don't know about you, but these lies, I am so tired of believing them. I am tired of going, well, there's a little bit of truth in there because that is what our enemy likes to do. Started with Genesis 3, his encounter with Eve. He slips in just enough truth, just enough lie to make it kind of sound good and make her question God. And that's what our enemy does. He says, well, really? Yeah, I know you know this, but are you really good enough? Or, I know you repented of that, but did you really repent of it? Or, you should have all this shame or guilt. He heaps on false guilt and all these lies that we do not have to believe. We can have complete victory over. And as a daughter of the Most High God, you can stand, put your shoulders back, Put your chin up and say, no, I am not going to fall for these lies. Whatever fear or guilt trip he is trying to put on you, that condemnation is not from the Holy Spirit. It is from the enemy. And you can rebuke it and you can say, no, I'm not believing that today. That is not who I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. That's it. Um, I think that song is by Hillsong. 
I love it. It's so powerful. Um, something even like Lauren Daigle's You Say. And I know some people get uncomfortable with that song because it, it sounds like it could be about someone other than Jesus um, speaking nice things over you. But really, God says these things over you. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. Oh, when I don't belong. Oh, you say I am yours and I believe. What a beautiful, powerful song about what God speaks over you. That's how much he loves you and how very secure you are in his love. So moving on again to point number two, which these are totally mixed together. I Maybe I shouldn't have put them in two categories, but I think there's an important distinction to make uh, between those two, even if they really are meshed together and kind of intertwined. I would love to just read you some things that God says about you that you can just carry with you, tuck in your back pocket. Maybe one of them really stands out to you. Um, You can read Ephesians 3 um, for an awesome reminder of your security and your identity and how chosen you are. And then I'm going to read some other verses here. Um, John 1, 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God. Romans 15, 7, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. You are accepted. Colossians 2, 9 through 10, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. You've brought to fullness. You have been brought to completeness. You are complete in him. Even if that sounds crazy and you don't yet believe it, it is true and you can bank on it. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Mm. So good. No longer slaves to sin, no longer slaves to the lies of the enemy. Genesis 1.27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. You have been created in God's image. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 1 Corinthians 12.27. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. That just blows my mind. Anybody else here? Um, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In Galatians 3, 27 through 28, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ, finding our identity in Christ, losing ourselves, losing every other part of our being, being one with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, 
Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God is living inside of you. The same power, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating for you like having resurrection power, but next time sin tempts or fear knocks at your door or fill in the blank, remember that. Stand in that kind of power. I can't stop. First John 3, 1 through 2, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. If that isn't a verse on identity, I don't know what is. You've been raised with Christ. You can live like it's the deal has been done. Because it has. Like That's how secure it is. That's how crazy this is. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I'll stop there for today. I hope you are so encouraged with the things that God speaks over you, the things that you can claim as your own. Not name it and claim it, but literally these are the things that are spoken true over you and you can absolutely stand in that power. If you would like me to speak some life over you, pray over you in real time, please come to one of the Tuesday morning connect chat and pray calls. I would love to see you there. And maybe we can read some more of these verses that I had to stop at. Because this is such powerful stuff. We can stay grounded in who God says we are and stay grounded in whose we are. I think we'll see a big shift in our life and a big shift in the battles that we're fighting every day with sin and our enemy, the accuser of the brethren. Let's stand in victory. Let's own this and live out our life boldly. I love you, friend. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I would love it if you would share this episode with a friend so that they can hear this encouragement and be empowered in their walk with Jesus as well. It would also mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review on Apple for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It really does make a world of difference in getting this podcast into other people's ears so they can be equipped in their relationship with God as well. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. That's emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S.com. 
And until next week, remember that God's grace abounds and won't ever run out.